0: Yep, cool. Yeah. No well, that's going, so feel free to shoot whenever you're ready. Hello.
1: Welcome to the Last Drinks podcast. I'm Will Hitchens. This is Mitchell Ford. We are joined today with Jack Nagel from Real Drug Talk. Welcome, Jack.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
1: Uh, we linked up on Instagram and there, yeah, so we're going to be appearing we, did a, we just did a conversation with him and now, well, he did a conversation with us, him with us, with him, him now we're doing us, us him, with him. him uh, us. Yeah, yeah, two,
0: uh, yeah, two hours with me, you're going to have to like book in for a counseling session or like meditate or something afterwards. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Um, we had a really good chat on your podcast. That was, that was great. But uh, we would love to know about you. I guess how you've got to where you are now. You, you know, working for yourself, and you mentioned that you you've got some treatment programs going, and you've worked in counselling, and and you've really had quite a journey. So I guess we we always like to start with, um, yeah. What what was your what was your life like as a youngin, and and how did it how did you first get introduced to drugs or alcohol?
0: Yeah, um, cool. So uh, the um the elevator version um, uh, is is like it's really different when I reflect on it because, yeah, there's the beauty of hindsight. But I guess um, I so had an awesome like upbringing, super like middle class. Um, best way to describe it would be um, always had everything I ever needed, maybe not everything I ever wanted. But, yeah, like at the same time was really lucky parents always like got me involved in like sport and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I was really into sport as a kid. That's kind of all I did. Um, uh, loved like AFL footy, um, and cricket, you know, pretty (laughs) stereotypical Aussie kid. Um, and, uh, just what happened actually when I was younger was that I was playing footy at school and I, broke my jaw um in like a school football match so then I was like out for the footy season and then when we came back it was summer and I've always been pretty tall um so you know naturally like when you're tall people just say oh you should play basketball (laughs) so (laughs) I started playing basketball and I and I really liked it um because you know um I just liked all sports but in hindsight I didn't like if I had my time again I probably actually would have just kept playing footy but I was better at like basketball and um then there was obviously like validation cuz I got um like you know recruited into the rep teams or whatever so I just I did that and that was kind of like my childhood from you know like early just leaving like primary school or whatever you want to say to through to like uh early early 20s or just before uh, or late teenage years and just before like my drug use and all that stuff started to really kick off. But for whatever reason, when I look back on it in hindsight, um even though I was like really happy go lucky, um everybody liked me, you know, I had friends, all that sort of stuff. Um was never interested in school, like academically, like could not give a fuck. I was that kid that just, you know, just was not interested. Um, but loved going to school to like see my friends and socialize and all that sort of stuff. So um, but yeah, looking back on it, I was actually like super insecure. <laughs> so I always wanted to like I can clearly remember, like I always wanted to be someone other than me, you know? Um uh like at where where I went to school, there was like when I was in year seven, so whatever that is, like 13 or whatever, there was this huge like um marry kiwi contingent like in year 11 and 12 and they were like the cool kids and that was like when rap was just hitting and shit you know so they were like all like too pucked out and whatever <laughs> and like my best friend or one of my best friends names was jack and he was kiwi as well and i can remember like i you know yeah like i started like doing like kiwi accents you know because i just wanted to like fit in i was like that mm. it, and it's kind of weird when i look back on it that i had that going on um So, yeah, just like desperate to be liked, Um, pretty pretty like I guess you'd call it like anxious when I look back on it now Um, and just always thinking about what other people were thinking of me, like always. So, it was kind of a weird mix Um, and, yeah, like it just sort of I think that part of that like added to the problems that I had with uh, like substances. So, yeah, like I was playing basketball flat out um, and – it was like monday to friday saturday and sunday like i was playing every day twice a day like getting up at five in the morning training you know it was like boarding bordering on like semi-professional in those like late mm. teenage years so i didn't have so all that was going on and i didn't have like a traditional teenage upbringing like i, I just kind of wanted to go and be a bit normal like chase girls and start going to the parties and stuff so then what happened it's kind of like the perfect storm when i look back on it anytime there was like some break it was a public holiday or we had a buy, or whatever reason was happening like with basketball i would go out and like to the party and i would get like fucked up i would like make the most of my um opportunity and just like drink and all that sort of stuff so pretty much when i look back on it um yeah, my, my experience with substances has always been like to excess and yeah, has always been just like all or nothing. Um, but in saying that, like I've all, I was always like scared the first time I used like different drugs. Um, geez, this is a long fucking elevator, right? Sorry. Um, and <laughs> that's good, mate. Uh, and, and yeah, like, uh, I, um, I was always really nervous about it, but like when I used them, I just loved it to be honest. Like I always loved it. And then once that happened, I just wanted to do it like all the fucking time. So flash forward, I was like smoking pot heavily, um, still playing basketball. Nothing really got affected. Um, What happened was then I was like using heaps of party drugs as well. Uh, And then I went overseas to America um, to play basketball. And I had like kind of my first, experience with um detox and withdrawal but i was like a super naive kid so i didn't even know that (laughs) that's kind of what was happening um and yeah like i guess when i was at that stage my personality like i really do think like substances and drugs that kind of change the way that i was thinking about myself and the rest of the world and my personality kind of changed and i didn't want to be like a sports star anymore to be honest i was like I lost interest I wanted to just like go and have fun. Um, So when I got back from that trip, um, I just like quit everything and everyone was really worried about me. Um, And I just was in my head, that was at about 17-ish, 18. In my head, I was just like going to – like have fun. At that stage, I was smoking pot every day and starting to use like other drugs, like pretty frequently um, and drinking and you know, all that shit. Uh, and then, yeah, just from there, it just fucking spiraled. <laughs> there was a few other like key moments. Um, but basically what happened in the end was, yeah, I just progressed through using different drugs and partying and just kind of fell deeper and deeper into it. My friendships and associations and all that stuff started changing yeah, just started going down the rabbit hole more and more, um, flashing forward to kind of the end where, yeah, I was like using ice. That was kind of my thing in the end. Um, the main drugs that I used was, I didn't even see alcohol as a problem, to be honest, <laughs> but I was drinking like nearly every day, uh, like you used to just drink like goon. Um, and, uh, yeah, I used, used ice. I started using like intravenous, like, so yeah, like shooting up. So my life was kind of fucked. Um, when I started doing that, um, and, uh, I was using like prescription drugs, like Xanax mainly and smoking a bunch of pot. And I just did that for like a few years and, um, things just got super bad mental health deteriorated and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah just like really stereotypical fucked up shit <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, you know suicide attempts um uh like psychosis was really skinny um you know all that sort of jazz and then I was really lucky that again I come like from a good family and I often like to think about that if people get in that situation if, if they don't um come from like a supportive family or have those people around them it must be like super hard because yeah like i really think if i didn't have my mom in particular but all my family around me i don't know if i would have been able to do it as soon as i did um and anyway the last thing that happened was that um there'd been heaps of fucked up shit but for some reason it was like this thing i'd had a bunch of money i spent it all in a week completely lost my mind and it was the big m not being able to buy a big m just fucking tipped me over the edge so (laughs) at at the time i had like it was like a lot of money for me i I got my hands on like thousands of dollars um and spent it all and then after this bender and i was feeling fucked like i was just so depressed i got dropped off at i can still remember it in um hampton which is a bayside suburb in melbourne there were still milk bars at that time um and i went into the milk bar. Uh, to buy like a fucking big M because I was hungry, but like I couldn't eat because I'd just been like on meth for a week. Um, and yeah, like I I, tr- I reached in my pocket, I think it was like five bucks or some shit, and I didn't have five bucks. <laughs> um, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> at that point, bottom. that's right. This is <laughs> yeah. this is absolute rock bottom. So, and at that point, it <laughs> it sounds like I'm over dramatizing it, but it's actually the truth. Like at that point. I I had this phone, like iPhones were out then. I think like everybody, I think maybe like the iPhone three or some shit or the iPhone four, maybe Mm. something like that. And everybody had those, but I, I still had one of those, like, um, somebody called it like a dumb phone the other day, like a dumb phone, like a, I think it was like a thirty three fifteen and that, and I had no backing. So to hold the battery and there was like duct tape around the back, like this was just like what my life was in it. And I, um, 1-800 mum, was it 1-800 or 1-300, whatever it was, mum, dad, mum, where there's like the reverse call charge and she answered. She used to never answer because I'd been Mm. kicked out at that time, a whole bunch of dramas. She was angry at me but she said that I could come home and I went home and I remember when she opened the door, she just like didn't even look at me and I was like, fuck, that's never happened before. She was just so like fed up with me and then I went into her bathroom Again, sounds like sounds like a movie script or something. Like I'm talking shit, but this is really what happened. That she has like a big mirror in her bathroom, um, and yeah, I just went in there to like kind of just I don't know, like splash water on my face and just try and freshen up a little bit. And I looked in the mirror, and uh, yeah, my life, la- my life just kind of flashed before my eyes. It was weird. Like I just kind of saw myself finally for sort of what I was, and it all hit me, and I realized that I would yeah just kind of gone from a happy-go-lucky guy that had like opportunities and everybody liked him and all that sort of stuff to yeah. Like your stereotypical sort of junkie, no hoper. Um, and it just like in that moment, it just kind of broke me and I, and I asked for help and yeah, that's where my family came in. Cause they'd already obviously looked up rehabs and stuff like that. Mum had taken out private health insurance on me. I was 21. So I still fell under her insurance, which was like super lucky. Cause then I could get into rehab a lot quicker All that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah, and the rest is history. Um, uh, There was a couple of key things that happened in rehab. Like I struggled with it. But the people, the staff there, yeah, were like people in recovery as well as being professionally qualified. Um, And the big thing that did it for me and kind of sent me on this path of what the whole thing that I do now um, was the the guy there because I'd seen other professionals before that and I just kind of had in my head, oh, this is going to be another fucking whatever thing. Um, but the guy there started like telling me his story and it wasn't his story. It was completely different. He was like from like a, a rich suburb and um, yeah, was drinking mainly, all that sort of stuff. But he, he explained his story to me, but he was able to kind of explain to me like how he felt intimately um and i've had been feeling like that for years but like i'd never told anyone and it fucking blew my mind like i'd never heard anyone talk like that before and I, i guess i had that like instant connection slash like trust and hope that oh maybe then this could work for me too i'm not alone you know all that sort of jazz so like i just gave it a go um and yeah like the quick version is it's that was like 11 years ago and um life's awesome. (laughs) I never kind of look back. So yeah, I sort of don't get me wrong. There was a lot of hard work in there and stuff like that, but yeah, I count my uh, lucky chickens. Uh, so yeah, I just feel super, super, not even grateful to be honest, like super lucky (laughs) that just like everything aligned as it did. And yeah, I was able to change up my life.
2: So, um, so what age did you go to rehab Like when when was, when was the first point
0: that you, yeah. 21, 21. But the, the interesting thing, or maybe actually just before my 21st, maybe 20, because I turned 21, like very early into recovery, which was like super weird because I had no friends at my birthday party. And I just invited all these people that I only just met from like rehab and Hmm. um, 12 step groups and stuff like that. Um, But anyway, so um, yeah. I, but the, the interesting thing was, was that I definitely probably like two or three years before that, um, I definitely had like tried to like find, I think we we're saying it before when we were doing the podcast, find help. I, I'd called like a couple of services and like I didn't want to be doing what I was doing anymore. I just felt like I couldn't stop and I didn't know how to and I didn't connect with anyone or anything like that. So... I think that's the interesting thing about doing this stuff and it's definitely the feedback that I've gotten is that so many people before they get to that like rock bottom or that stage where everyone else is like, fucking, you need to stop. They've probably, even though their behavior is not displaying it, they've probably wanted to stop for a long time as well because that was was my sort of experience anyway, yeah.
2: Wow. That's an incredibly young age to go through all that, like to to deal with that kind of addiction at at that age, like, that must have been challenging. Yeah. So remind, well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry. You mate, reminded sorry. you reminded me of like when you sort of I was because I remember when I was sort of in the spiral of sort of with my, my alcoholism. Yeah. And then I would look up AA meetings in the area, but yeah. And then now, I've done a good thing. I've looked up the AA meetings. That's and right. And then I go get and then I go get <laughs> pissed <I laughs> the box for the day. That's Mission right. Accomplished. Just like, yeah. I, I The thought was there but now I'm
0: just going to go get pissed. Yeah, like reward <laughs> myself. That's right. Like, I just couldn't work it out. Like, that that was a big part of it for me. Like, you know, like, uh, so I'm not being discriminatory to anyone else. I'm just telling my story. Like, I, I was brought up in, like, the right way. Like, I knew wrong from right. I was, like, somewhat educated. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was around good people. But when I was in the thick of it, that's why that's why I just like that was a big part of it. Like I couldn't work out and it used to really fuck with me why like I couldn't stop and why I couldn't like change it up. Um and yeah, like I, I used to do the same stuff that you were talking about. Like I would be like, All right, tomorrow I'm I don't know what the fuck. I think because I was skinny, I'm like, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna do 10 push-ups, I'm gonna go hand out my resume, get a job, and everything's gonna be okay. And I'd just like wake up look at something on the internet and I'd be like, oh, good job. All right. And then i would like, I was off <laughs> doing, doing, you know, the normal shit. <laughs>
1: I think it's, yeah. I think it's something to do with, I mean, we sort of learn it in sort of the stuff we do with like being a man of integrity, being a man of your words. So if you sort of wake up, you say, I mean, I guess for me, a lot, a lot every morning I'm not going to drink again. I'm not going to drink. And then I would drink again. You're sort of losing trust within yourself that 100%. you're capable of stopping. So yeah, you sort of, You get up again. You say, "Oh, this time I'm not going to drink." And it's just there's a part of you just like you've said this hundreds and hundreds of times. I mean, I remember writing. I remember when I used to have Facebook and writing after a big night and probably causing all sorts of nonsense and upsetting a lot of people, saying, "All right, this this is the time I'm going to quit drinking." A big post on Facebook, lots of likes, lots of, "We're so proud of you. We're here for you." I think a week later I was drunk again and I deleted Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, the, the Facebook stuff's interesting. Like uh, my, you know how it like shows up like memories of mm. like posts that you've done from like years ago? Fuck, shit still comes up and I'm like,
1: oh, my God. God, like you know it's did you, did you, were you were you on the ice and then on facebook
0: like a hundred percent and do you know what was even worse than that on the zannies like <laughs> pissed on fucking writing shit on facebook and i'm just like oh my god i look back and i'm like oh my god so yeah but you're like what you said before it's it's funny when i look back on it yeah like going through it young or whatever i've been able to like like i'm getting to the point now where i'm almost like cause I've told my story heaps and done heaps of like media years ago and stuff like that. Um, and I'm getting to the point now where I'm like thinking about how I can still do this stuff, but not be like sharing my story as much because yeah, like it's like, it's like 11 years down the track and I've been, it's like how it's played out is I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to like look back at it and go, I was just a young guy that was like confused and went through this period when it could have very easily been, yeah, like a lifelong thing and some that really fucked up my whole life, you know? So yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah,
2: (laughs) it's excellent. You've got through it. So I guess, so yeah, we, we've painted, painted the picture of what your, what your experience was like with drugs and, and going to rehab. And then I suppose since, since rehab, how, how did life unfold for you? How did you integrate back into the community?
0: yeah so for me so yeah that was like 11 years ago there probably was like some things out there but uh there wasn't heaps so i remember when i went to rehab very much um the message was pretty much everywhere that um you've got a disease um that this is like a lifelong thing that you can like never drink. Or do drugs again, and that um, you're gonna have to like do meetings for the rest of your life. Essentially, um, sounds fun. Yeah, exactly.
1: In <laughs> a mo- and a monotone voice as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. Until <laughs> that's death. right. You know the thing that always makes me laugh is like it's like, and even when you're sober. Your disease is doing push-ups in the background, waiting for you. And I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck it, That's a message of hope, if I've ever heard one. Um, oh my God. so, so yeah, there was like, it was such a weird time, and 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 like, I have to be honest about it because it's because it's like the truth. So they told me that at rehab, and I was like, "Fuck, that's fucked. No fucking way, right?" And there was this whole like internal battle, and I thought it was super fucking weird, but equally at the same time I was fucked like I was fucked I'm talking like emotionally and like I really wanted my life to be different like and I really wanted to stop wanting to die basically like I was super fucked and so with even though there was like some funky shit going on that I wasn't about I was like willing to do it because there was evidence that there was people that had been in my situation And their life was better and i was like i'm doing that um and i went like so i was skeptical about it and then what actually happened was i went to a meeting um and there was like somebody's like sober birthday at the meeting and they were and they were like 20 years sober or some shit, and he was a doctor um and he and he was a doctor before he got sober and he used to like steal drugs and like you know, shoot up like pethidine and then do like surgery on people and stuff. Ah. And he was like telling his story. And I was so I was like, that's fucking cool. He was like a character, you know, I was young. I was like an idiot. Yeah. And um and but then all these people like getting up, all these friends from like 20 years of being in the meetings. Um and they were like all telling stories about him and stuff. And just in that meeting like it was really inspiring. And I was kind of able to forget about all the weird shit about it and just go yeah like i'm gonna give this a go um so it was really that like connection piece that was super like attractive to me um and then i went back to the rehab that night and they have these like little pamphlets in like 12-step programs like and i think it was like am i an addict and at the time it was the first time i looked at it and i went through it and i just related to like every question you know there's questions in there like once you have one can you not stop has your drug and alcohol caused you that? You know, all that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just went, all right, well, there's stuff that I don't vibe with, but a lot of this stuff is like relating and landing. So I just kind of threw myself into like doing the 12-step stuff and just like convinced myself that it was the thing. And even though, you know, I don't do it anymore and I like disagree with like the core fundamental philosophies around it and stuff like that, when I look back on it, after rehab getting involved in that community like doing the steps and shit through there it is like good self-development stuff like it helped me to like change my life so that was really like my path into it um and then uh equally at the same time you know like I went and got my um uh I didn't I never knew what I wanted to do and but I was inspired by these people so I went and did my yeah like drug and alcohol qualifications and became like a drug and alcohol counselor and got a placement in a rehab and started working in a rehab and all that sort of stuff. Um, and um, yeah, I was doing all that and life just got good, like really quickly. Um, and yeah, like everything changed. And then there was a couple of, <laughs> it's been a couple of defining things that happened like in 2014 ish, um, so I got sober. It was like 2011. Yeah. So about 2013, 2014, when like the ice epidemic hit the papers, <laughs> at least, um, I like did this story because they called the rehab looking for someone. And I did this story like super naive. Um, and then they put it, the Herald Suns, the paper here in Melbourne, and then they like plastered it um, like two two page spread. It was on the front page. And then two pre- two page spread like four pages in and then yeah i just became like the poster boy for like meth addiction in the ice <laughs> epidemic it was fucking weird man and i did like i literally did i look back on it it's actually kind of traumatizing because i had no like media training and all this shit um but i i literally did like every media at like mainstream media outlet um in, in, like, two days, I was, like, I did the project. I was on the Today Show. I, like, did all the radio stations around Australia. Yeah, it was crazy. It was fucking crazy, man. And then, like, the whole rehab was, like, going off the hook, like, with the phones, people calling, all this stuff. So that kind of helped me in my career, I guess, to get mm-hmm. some sort of, like, a profile. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of a bit traumatizing. But the good thing that came out of it that I was blown away by was – um I opened my personal Facebook and like I literally had like two to 3,000 like messages um, of people just going like, can you help me? I've never heard anyone kind of talk like that or whatever. Um, and it's just sort of set me on this path of, yeah, wanting to not just work with people one-on-one, but yeah, like do this kind of stuff, um, podcast and all that sort of stuff. So, that's when I started Real Drug Talk and yeah, we we kind of went in a bit of a different direction. So yeah that's been a bit of the journey and and it's been cool man like i always say um i've because of or part of it part of partly because of that media exposure and then just like doing a bunch of different stuff off the back of that like i've been able to um uh yeah like find myself professionally probably in places that like I don't deserve to be, you know, like as the lived experience guy. um, Like I say that tongue in cheek, but, you know, like people like government councils and doing like public health policy around drugs and alcohol and stuff like that with like professors and things like that. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, like it's all it's all kind of happened and I've just been lucky um, because of like my story and putting it out there and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. That's so wild. You must have had some some yeah
2: real moments of I guess it would have felt surreal. Just like smoking ice
0: led to this? Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's wow. right. Well, it, it is interesting. Like I've found that so much, just not even um, you know, like I just think about um we had like a, a our first um child a year ago and um it you know, I was like my my wife has like some some female issues and yeah she was like really nervous about um fertility and conceiving and all this sort of stuff so we did all these different things and whatever and when we're going through that whole like process um yeah like the people that she sought help from were people that were like sharing their like vulnerabilities and their struggles and some of that stuff you know and i think it's like an overall principle and something that's really cool is that you think that you have to hide like pain and shit in your life but it's actually the best way to help people and you can become like a expert or a professional off the back of yeah like some of the hardest moments in your life if you're willing to um to to kind of help others so yeah it's it's that's been a really cool lesson out of this whole thing um that my fucked up stuff is actually good
1: (laughs) there's power
2: and vulnerability 100 percent so nowadays what do you what do you do now to maintain your mental health and to I mean you've been sober a long time. Yeah. Um but I guess uh what do you do to to maintain that uh, keep the you know keep the train going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. To, if I'm being completely honest like I should do I should do more. So I, I like that's something I've noticed as well is that it it was probably around like um don't, and don't get me wrong everyone it wasn't like i was struggling like probably after like a year like my life got better um but i would say maybe after like five or six years like i really was able and i am i'm really able to kind of go into like cruise control you know and like not think about stuff too much but i but i should do more because yeah like these like la- ha- i haven't kind of talked about it too much but these last kind of few years has been like really fucking hard. Um, <laughs> you know, the whole COVID stuff, but we've just had heaps of stuff happen in our personal life, some like serious sickness in the family. Um, uh, and that's just kind of like triggered, you know, like, and and I noticed that like, oh, fuck, I need to be like doing more stuff for myself because, yeah, my mental health started to dip, you know. Um, and I guess that's, that's the other thing that I've like relearned recently is that even though you might be okay if you if you if you're not maintaining stuff and you know just taking care of yourself you might be okay for a while but then stuff outside of your control can happen that like impacts you know how you're going at any time and and yeah so that's been hard i i sort of over the last couple of years as well which has been interesting like i went back and like did some kind of like trauma healing stuff um which i'd never really like done before um just with like some shit that (laughs) went on in my life uh and yeah sort of uncovered that you know like yeah like i've kind of got like bipolar you know and then like when i started reading about that fucking explains like a lot about my personality not that like i want to be defined by the diagnosis but when i look it was kind of like that addiction moment that i had when i was reading about some of the characteristics and stuff and relating to it it's been the same with this like when i read about the different stuff like even before i use drugs and and how i am now i'm like fucking hell that's like like i do that shit <laughs> mm-hmm. so so yeah so it's um a big thing for me, like what I was talking about with you guys, is uh, I've got a couple of like really good mates um, that you know sort of know pretty much everything about me. I, I've been really lucky. Like, so what happened was that um, I had like good mates that I that I kind of grew up with that use drugs. I got sober and whatever, and then um, and then like a couple of years later, like my whole friendship group got sober as well (laughs) like the four or five people that I was really close to um so there's there's still a lot of them that are doing that to this day so I've been like super lucky to have them in my life and you know we all know each other like super well and stuff like that um so yeah that's that's a big thing I'm really into like self-development and stuff like that so because I think of my experience of like going through addiction um and doing some of that work so I'm always trying to do like different stuff to to help me um, with that. Uh, So the the biggest things for me, to be honest, is um is sleep. Like um, I've got to sleep properly, and I've been trying really hard to do. You know, like all the sleep, all the sleep hygiene stuff. I found that that's really like helped me. Um, Talking to people, doing. Doing, like, self-development stuff and, yeah, like, exercising, um, which I kind of have to do more of. But this is a long answer. The biggest thing for me, to be honest, has been, like, I've done heaps of work on myself and heaps of, like, therapy and shit like that over the years. But to be honest, like, the biggest thing for me is, like, finding something that I'm really passionate about um, and yeah like just going kind of balls and all into that um that really helps me anytime that i don't have something that i'm really engaged in and focused on i find that's where like things kind of go wrong in my life um so yeah so like i've just really discovered i love like doing like work and kind of creating things in in that side of things so yeah like i get up most days and i'm pretty excited to like do whatever i'm doing at work that day so yeah that's been a big thing for me yeah awesome yeah I, I i love that
2: um reminds me of a saying it's of like entropy you know if you're not if you're not growing you're dying yeah uh, and it's kind of what it's like isn't it it's like you've got to keep growing it in some way whether yeah get up find something you're passionate about otherwise you can you can go backwards
0: i believe in that 100 percent. like it's kind of and it was kind of daunting for me when i you know heard that and i was kind of like fuck like you mean i'm going to have to like just put in work the whole time <laughs> but but it does but it does actually shift like well it did for me like it's gotten to a point now where like i just fucking love it and i enjoy like doing stuff that's helping me to grow in like whatever area it is you know because my life gets better um uh yeah and i never thought that it would be like that and it's hard to imagine but yeah i i've definitely found that for me yeah if i'm not if i'm not like progressing in some area or trying to, then, then yeah, like things start to kind of go wrong for me.
1: Yeah. So you want to talk, tell us more about real drug talk. you
0: what, what's the, what, sure, what the, sure. Uh, so, so, so it's kind of, it's kind of, um it's kind of evolved, it's kind of evolved over the years, but the essence of kind of what I talked about before is still there is that. Yeah. We, we really just want to be, another voice a part of the conversation to try and shift, you know, the, the paradigm as we call it, or the thinking around like alcohol and drugs in society and addiction and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, like really what we do now with real drug talk is, um, is, is trying to like go really hard on this media side of things. That's been the goal this year. Um, and just put out like podcasts and different stuff on, on different channels and, and try and raise awareness Um, and then, yeah, we do, and we're starting to try and do some more stuff, um, in like the government and, um, uh, non-government sectors. So like the public health system, um, mainly for me, the thing that I'm really passionate about, uh, is kind of like, yeah, promoting the, I don't like the word like PR, but like the lived and living experience workforce in like that public system um because um just like a quick boring history for everyone out there like currently as it is in most places around australia there's not heaps of like identified peered roles and whatever vehicle someone like changes their life in recovery or their relationship to substances or whatever the fuck you want to call it they everybody always talks about pretty much that they've somewhere along the line, they've met someone that's had a past experience, you know, with it and that's helped them to like influence Mm. how they've changed. So it's kind of crazy that in the, in the public system in Australia, in services and stuff that we don't have identified roles for those people in the drug and alcohol sector, you know, it's, that's kind of nuts. So, um, that's what I'm really passionate about is trying to, um, just have the conversations around that and professionalize that, um, in government circles and stuff so so that yeah basically more people can get help and experience the benefits that way and then um like uh a couple of years ago i don't know like i was doing a lot of that stuff and and to be honest like it's awesome i'm not complaining about it but i'm not super passionate about sitting around with fucking academics and like talking about um, you know, like alcohol guidelines and frameworks and shit like that. It's boring as fuck, Um, uh, but it's important. Um, So yeah, a few years ago, like I kind of was just having a lot of people talk to me um, a bit like you guys, I guess that sort of, I don't know how to explain it without sounding like I'm stereotyping people. I guess I kind of will, but just, people that maybe didn't fit the mold of like what you'd see, people that didn't have my story basically, Pe- people mm. that were like professionals or, um, or um, you know, like had bad addiction problems but were like still functioning for whatever re- reason, like single mums, um, stay-at-home mums, whatever it was, people that were still kind of functioning on some level but had these like addiction problems wanted to change it but didn't want to go through like the traditional sort of route. So, um, yeah. And I just kind of went, well, I really actually get lit up when, you know, I work with people and can see change happening with people. So yeah, we started, um, connection based living, which is basically, yeah, like a, um, coaching program, uh, for people. And, and yeah, we help them to, um, overcome addictive patterns without going to rehab that's sort of focused around, you know, um, yeah like having at least a decent sober period and working on all the underlying issues and stuff like that um and yeah that's been really cool it's it's had really good like take up and and stuff like that so um yeah they're the things that we do at the moment it's too much though like i just want to fucking chill out eventually and um (laughs) do 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 something minimal um but you know like even recently sorry i'm banging on a bit here but even recently, like I used to before COVID, with the stuff that we we're doing with real drug talk, I was flying a lot, like every week, like a couple times a week, and that was before like we had my um, uh, my son and stuff like that. And at the time, I was like, fucking, like when you first fly around on a plane for work regularly, you're like, this is fucking sick. I'm awesome. And then very quickly, it sucks. It sucks, right? Um, (laughs) So um, I was hating it. And then, yeah, COVID happened and then I stopped flying. So now, like I've pretty much, like there's not a lot of like flying and stuff that I do. Like all I really want to do is just, yeah, kind of be at home and hang out with my son as much as possible. So that's what we're trying to work out, how to do that. But, you know, um, it's impossible (laughs) in some ways.
2: Yeah, uh, that's yeah. I can I can relate to that, and um, yeah. I suppose now that you're a father, your priorities have probably changed. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I feel
0: like I've finally matured in some some way. <laughs> it
2: happened. Well done. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, for us, we just how we sort of I guess we sort of we've had our issues with alcohol. I mean, we've used drugs here and there, but not to probably the extent that you did. I guess how you go out into the world. Where you've probably had the buffet of drugs and alcohol, sort of. Yeah. Do you get? Do you recognize sort of your triggers for things, and like, how do you go about sort of? Good question. I guess maybe it might not be as much now. Do you still get them? But, but I guess because yeah. you've got sort of, you probably have multiple sort of avenues. Because I guess if you were doing multiple different things, um, yeah. Well, well, interesting.
0: It's a great. It's a great question. So, so, intre- like. Before I answer that, like, interestingly enough, that one of the things for me that has been the biggest trip out and kind of hard to deal with actually is that the way that I think about addiction and myself and how addiction plays out for me and just me as a person has like drastically changed several times over the last like 11 years, right? Um, you know, so, so first of all, like, I've kind of come to the understanding through like i feel again i feel really lucky that i've been able to have my own experience but then also meet you know like yeah these researchers and professionals and from from all different fields that have like dedicated their life to different stuff and yeah read the different papers and all that sort of jazz and like this is just for me like people have all different understandings but see there goes my dog um is Is that, yeah, like I no longer believe in that thing of like you're an addict or you're an alcoholic in the sense of once you've had an issue with substances that you're going to always have that issue. Um, And I didn't always think like that. But what I've found um, is that, you know, definitely I'm a promoter of like the harm minimization thing basically, right? So big picture, like substances are harmful for you no matter how much or how little or whatever you take, they're harmful. And the best thing to do for your health is not take them at all. Like that's proven hands down. But I think the reality of society is that people um, use drugs and alcohol, you know, Um, and I think that's like where the conversation has to kind of mature. Um, And I've met so many different people that have had really bad addiction problems that do some good work on themselves over a period of time and then go back to like having a different relationship with like, you know, alcohol or drugs in some cases or whatever it might be. Um, So what I've found is to kind of circle why that's important back to the question that you asked for me is not thinking about myself because I used to, not thinking about myself in the framework of like I'm an addict, you know, because to me that kind of says to me that like I'm broken, and that you know like I'm sort of like prescribing myself a certain characteristic and a way of being, um, which I find that if I tell myself those things, it then perpetuates in my life, and I don't, I'm not able to, like if I eat a block of chocolate, I'll, I'll eat the whole thing, and that was like a story that I told myself for a long time, like I'm just like this person like I am kind of all or nothing, but I would be like, yeah, I'm like an addict with everything. Like if I eat chocolate, I'm going to eat like the whole fucking block. Right. So when I, broke- right. <laughs> so what I found for me is that when I broke that story in my head and like really kind of did some work on it. Yeah. My identity started to shift and like, I actually have self-control around things um in my life today, you know, like and I can moderate and I can um yeah have like normal relationships to stuff. Um so I think that's the first like fundamental thing that I always say to people, right? Forget about the drinking, not drinking or whatever, but like do like in when it comes to like triggers and stuff like that, like you gotta do like some some decent work on like the identity that you hold for, for yourself and the stories that you tell yourself because that like impacts your behavior and what you do like so drastically. Um, and, and yeah, like at the start when I first got sober, like it sounds funny. And like, I'm again, like I'm making it up, but it's the truth. Like I'd walk down say like chapel street and I'd see like the, the guy that had had like a big night sitting, sitting on the street that's just fucking now I would look and be like, that sucks. That's a shit life. That's miserable. And I'll be like, Oh, it looks like he's having the time of his life. I want to join in. You know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) it's just kind of like where my head was at. So, um, yeah, like I was, um, I was, I was triggered early on as it progressed. Um, and as I got you know more sober and there's a huge problem with this actually. And I think it needs to be talked about more, but, some weird fucking thought process in my head, I was like, oh yeah, I'm out of that really like bad spot. So now I can um now like I think I would be okay and I would get triggered if I if I could just like drink and do like coke. You know what I mean? Because like that's what like well to do people do and like, you know, that's more like social. Um so yeah, that was like that that happened for a period of time. Um but yeah the 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 biggest kind of fundamental shift for me around um, like cravings and, and triggers and all that sort of stuff is like what you guys were saying in the podcast before. I really believe in that. Like you are like mentally, you are like the five people that you hang around most, you know? So that's like the biggest thing that you can do to help. Sorry. You are the average of the five people that you hang around most. Like that's really true for me anyway. And that's the biggest thing thing that I see when most people have success is that when they with recovery or changing their relationship or whatever they change their like immediate um circle of influence around them because people are like thinking differently um and then that sort of somehow rubs off and then you start thinking differently too and then when you go out to the pub you no longer like want to just get smashed. You know what I mean. You are like, oh well, you know, I'm not really interested in this. Oh, like, I care about my family and this and that and whatever it is because that's what the other people around you are doing. So, yeah, that's that's been the biggest thing for me is just finding good people and and spending as much time as I can yeah. with them. I hope that answered the question.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. There go. yeah. I think we got a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so are you still? So, are you able to have a have a beer nowadays?
0: I have, yeah, I have. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not like fucking really interested in in drinking. That that's the thing. Yeah. Like like I've changed. Like I I uh, like yeah. I uh, I don't want to go to the pub on a sad day and drink. Like I couldn't give a fuck. I don't drink much at, at all, really. You know. But yeah, like I have had a drink and I'm okay. Like I don't bust out in fucking handcuffs or whatever but my (laughs) my my pretense to all of that my pretense to all of that is that that's not like me prescribing that to anyone else (laughs) you know like you you like that's the main thing that i always stress to everyone like it's a big thing to think about um if i just think about myself like i have done heaps of work over the years on myself and i think that's like been a big reason for me changing in that area but you've just got to do right like the right thing for you um but i think the best thing that you can do with all of that is just have really good people around you and be honest with yourself and allow those people to be honest with you so that yeah you can work out what the right path is for you basically yeah
2: excellent Awesome. Do you have anything else,
1: uh, I think you want to get to your favourite question oh, that it. you like to it's ask. It's my favourite. So <laughs> let's rip into it then. Thank you.
2: So if, you, if you're if you feeling up to it, maybe sure. share a story with us of, a, of an embarrassing, the most embarrassing or a very embarrassing story of you on the piss.
0: Oh, geez. We like to end um, on a
2: happy note on a happy high note. So anything that... Uh, just a know, wild tale from, from,
1: you know, your... Yeah, gallivanting days as a young man coming into your
0: own. How 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 um how full on are we going here? Like (laughs) we can go, we can go full ham. We can go balls to the wall. (laughs) Like uh, life was pretty colourful there for a while. So um oh probably yeah. Like man, I'm sure everyone's probably like this in a way. I I hung around like my mates were fucking dickheads. I was a dickhead too. So they were very much like if you fell asleep or something, they would like take advantage of you a hundred percent. Like no questions asked. So yeah, like a lot of our mates would have their eyebrows and head shaved and you know stuff like that. But I think um there's the, the thing that's <laughs> the thing that's springing to my mind is um when I went yeah on a bender um and there was like heaps of shit that happened anyway um and i was i was drinking that night so at least the drinks in there but yeah i was on a whole bunch of drugs and i took um i took a whole bunch of mushrooms at the end of the night after being awake for a couple of days and we were watching um i still to this day can't remember what the movie's called but Will Smith is the fish. What's that fucking movie? I call it Will Fish. It's like whatever uh, that movie is. I'm not sure. It's like Shark Tales or something. Yeah, know. yeah, maybe, maybe that yeah. one, right? And we're watching that and, and all I can remember is my mate saying it's Will Fish, it's Will Fish. Um, and all I can remember is like Will Smith in a fish, like coming out of the TV and like talking to me. And then that's the last thing I remember and then i woke up in the morning um in my mate's room tied up like a kind of like a, a chicken like with my with my <laughs> with my uh hands and feet like up in the air um i had like a some sort of like sex thing like not like in my ass but like kind of you know <laughs> on the rim of my ass and i had like a <laughs> I had like a pink, like one of those, like, um, a ball gags, so. a ball, a ball gag on. And I was yeah. like, and I woke up and I was like, what the fuck? And the <laughs> worst thing about it was that like, I couldn't get out of it for like no. quite, quite a while. There was like a few hours oh, no. of me just like laying there. So oh, dude. there was lots of shit like that. There was lots of shit like that. And do, yeah. do you know what? Like that's, that's the thing. Geez, I feel like the last 20 minutes I'm like promoting drugs or something I'm not um but it's fun um, Well, that's right well that's right like so so that's where like I've changed these days like stories like that I still look back on that and think about those moments as like yeah like some of the best moments of my life like I had the most fun um and festivals and stuff like that um and I just think that you know that's where the conversation has to get to with everyone if we're actually going to help people to change and go down a different path is yeah not like try and fucking tell people a lie like the reality is is like drinking and taking drugs and stuff like that can be really fucking fun <laughs> you know yeah, um, yeah. um Definitely. but you know you just have to know um the signs and you know, some of the stuff that can that can bring you unstuck. And I think if we get to that place and we can have those conversations with people, they're more willing to kind of accept the other stuff you say because they know that you're not talking shit to them basically.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. I think we've talked about that before is like, yeah, it is fun. That's kind of one of the main things you'll lose is particularly if, this, if it's the only way you've been having fun for most of your life, which yeah. for a lot of people, for a lot of Australians it is then you're going to have to find another way to have fun and, you know, your idea of fun will
0: change. But Yeah, that's right. And that's the important part too. Like, and that's what I was saying before about, you know, like, so yeah, I did 10 years like completely sober before I had a drink at all. Um, It's only been in the last year, but yeah, like over that 10 years, I've completely changed and the stuff that I used to think was fun, like I, don't want to go near it with like a 10 foot pole. You know what I mean? It's just mm. not fun at all. And I was like that when I was 25 as well, you know, like and sober and whatever. Like I was interested, you become interested in different stuff. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I
1: mean, like for me, it's just like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of fun times, but there's a lot, there was a lot that wasn't fun. And, you know, you got to play that risk to sort of, you know, whether that's going to occur again. But like now being sober and sort of fi- actually going out and finding new other ways to have fun. So it's like there's just not less of a risk of it. But you know, my life could be completely fallen apart by going for a swim in the ocean in the morning or just working out. Like, so yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, I guess it's just, it could be an age thing. It's just maturing, it's just finding different, yeah, just liking different things now. And yeah, you can still, you can find new things, find new ways to have a good time. Um, and far more fulfilling things to have a good time for sure. But yeah, you go to AA meetings, you get and it's always fun to share sort of fun yarns from back in the day of getting yeah. loose. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to show we're all human. We've yeah. all
2: yeah, we've all made mistakes. And That's right. That's life.
0: right. Yeah. That's right. Um, thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um yeah. as I as I said when we were chatting, it's uh yeah, it's just cool just seeing more people. Um, talking about this stuff with heaps of different perspectives you know yeah. um, I know a lot of the people that I talk to are on Instagram finding out about different things like this and it leads them to help so yeah mm. it's um it's, it's yeah
1: awesome. I think it's going back to what you were saying about relatability so yeah like having people out who are open and sharing so their experiences and being able to because yeah that was for me was just like I don't know if people can relate to what I've been through and then you end up meeting people, you start sharing stuff and they're just like, yeah, what else is new? Like I've experienced like, you know, even like with Mitch, Mitch has sort of been sharing stuff with me and I think he's just just like, oh yeah, I've been going through this and this. I was just like, yeah, like I went through it as well. (laughs) Like it's just, and then there's just like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Like there's plenty of people going through similar things. Mm. Um, I guess that was the big thing for me. was like my, my journey is not really that unique. With a lot of it, like there are sort of elements that people can relate to, and yeah, it does mm. help. Rather than like I do, sort of connect a bit more with someone who's sort of been through it, than opposed to yeah, like yeah, like an someone who's read it in like a textbook or something, like trying to sort 100%.
0: of guide me yeah. through addiction. It's just like a hundred percent. Come to the
1: pub. Let's go. Let's go do some ice. You know, we'll take you through <laughs> it. Let's just
0: a hundred percent. And I actually think like not not to like put any story above each other they're all important but as it currently is i think you know like stories like yours mitch um are super important you know around just like because because that was always the thing and i always think about that when i was young as well like uh, i always wanted people to look up to like a Yeah, as I said, I always wanted to be someone else. I was always searching for like people to lead me in the right direction. And I always think about that, you know, like when I was younger, there was people like with your story that I thought were cool and I found them on the internet and started following them or something. Maybe it might have like curved how I like use substances and, you know, prevented me from going all in or whatever because I think sometimes it can fall into that thing of like my story and i'm i try and be conscious of it as like if you use drugs you're gonna be fucked (laughs) and that's like it's not the case for a lot of people it's actually like the 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 evidence the data says that it's like you know one percent of people end up with that really like hardcore addiction story but there's a lot of people that there's a whole spectrum it doesn't mean that they're not experiencing bad stuff from from substances but they might not hit that tippy end, and if you can impact people and catch them before they get there, then you know that's the best thing, really. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's very cool.
2: Oh, thanks for that, man. I appreciate you saying that.
1: Well, I think awesome. we'll call it there. So thanks for yeah. joining us, Jack, for Great. our episode of yeah, it was a good good yarn. We learned quite a lot. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. And so, if you want to learn more with Jack, uh, we'll be linking his information sort of in the bio of this this video, but it's real jug talk. Uh, it was on Instagram, and then I guess wherever else, if you use other platforms as well, Instagram,
0: just real, drug... just real drug talk, yeah. Instagram, yeah. TikTok, we're actually popping off on. So, if anyone's a TikToker, check us out there. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still just... trying to figure that out
1: as well. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple of old duds trying to figure out the new sort of social media, <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, this has been Last Strengths. I'm Will Hitchens. This is Mitchell Ford. And we'll see you in the next one. Thanks, chat
0: Cheers.